Bros and Steel podcast. I'm Kyle. And I'm Ted. And uh, we've been gone for about a month, so there's quite a lot to uh, catch up on. But uh, first things first, in the month of November, the Penguins had a record of nine wins, five losses, and uh, one overtime loss. Uh, so definitely stayed above 500. Another, mm-hmm. another good month. Uh, also during that time, Evgeny Malkin was named the second star for the month of November. And... Uh, during the month of November, he actually tied Wayne Gretzky's point total for uh, January 1996, which... Well, it was only good enough for the second still. Yeah, I... <laughs> Couldn't get the first one. I'm not sure who got the first one. Uh, I assume a goalie. It would have to be, probably. And uh, also, during that time, the Penguins had their 300th sellout. Streak started on uh, February 14th, 2007, and um, that was November 27th. Was their 300 sellout? Yeah, it started back in Mount Arena, and I mean that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, about 2007. That's a long time. Yeah, for a sporting event. Yeah, pretty good. And then on December 2nd, Malkin was named the first star of the week. Um, so. He had been, I think what he went, 15 games with only three goals, and then he really turned it on in the month of November, so that's that's good to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even w- during that little point streak he had, it still took him a little bit to start scoring goals, but he racked up a lot of assists, um, which has really got him in the scoring race now. He's second place behind Crosby. Yeah, it's it's nice to have the, the number one and number two scores yeah. uh, on your team, so that's that's cool. Um, and so far in the month of December, uh, the Pens have a record of three wins and one loss. Wins coming against uh, the Islanders, the Sharks, which surprised me. That game was very lopsided, 5-1. Mm-hmm. to one. Uh, I was expecting not a defensive game, but a closer offensive game than that. And then uh, the third win being against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. But uh, most of the news focuses around the... Uh, Two to three loss to the Boston Bruins because of uh, an injury suffered by uh, Brooks Orpik. Yeah, it was just one of those wild games. Uh, a lot of people have been comparing it to the Todd Bertuzzi hit. Um, I, don't even, I don't even know where to start. Just uh, the play was over. Uh, Brooks Orpik was talking to a referee in Thornton. Grabbed Orpik from behind, threw him to the ice, and then began punching him in the face. And he got in three or four shots to his face. Yeah. And then, of course, when Thornton was interviewed, he said he didn't mean to injure Brooks Orpik. Uh, anytime you're punching someone in the head, you know, <laughs> I don't is, buy that for a second. <laughs> what is your intent? Yeah, I was kind of surprised the amount of people have defended Thornton, saying he's an honest guy and everything, but... I don't care how honest you are. Yeah. Is someone ever, like, even someone like Sean Avery, if yeah. you punch the guy in the face, he's not going to say he meant it because he knows if he says he did, yeah. there's going to be a longer suspension. Right. Oh, I did see a tweet from Sean Avery about this incident. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, he, I believe he called Orpic and maybe the whole, maybe the whole Pens organization, uh, chicken shit. Like, he was definitely standing up for for Sean Thornton, um, which I don't understand how you can do. Well, 
they're very much the same player. Yeah. Very similar game. That's true. But anyway, this all of this started because um, Orpik laid a clean hit mm-hmm. on um, Erickson. And uh, I guess, you know, the, the Bruins took exception to it, even though it was totally clean hit. In the next, the next shift that Orpik and Thornton were out on the ice, Thornton challenged him to a fight. Mm-hmm. Orpik declined. Yeah. And at this point, the Penguins are playing very well. There's no reason to engage in a fight because you don't want to turn momentum. Uh, and really, there's no reason to defend yourself because it was a clean hit. Right. And, uh, but Thornton did end up taking a slashing penalty and went to the box for that incident. Mm-hmm. I think the Pens scored on that penalty as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, after that happened, uh, this was still in the first period, um, Thornton and Orpik are on the ice again together, and uh, the play is dead, been whistled dead, Orpik is in a group of players talking to the officials, Thornton comes down, uh, Orpik did not see him coming, it was kind of from the side, mm-hmm. Slew foots him to the ice, and then, like you said, gets in a couple shots to the face. And then Orpik ends up lying unconscious on the ice for about about eight minutes. And they had to cart him off on a stretcher, yeah. take him to the hospital. So, I think, like, Sean Thornton is going to get suspended. Definitely. He has a hearing on Friday. And uh, I think what makes, it, what makes this incident worse is it didn't happen, like, in the confines of the game. Like, play wasn't going on. Play was dead, and it was totally unsuspecting. Mm-hmm. It would be like walking up to a guy in the street, tripping him, and punching him in the face. Like, there's no... wasn't heat of the moment situation. None of that crap. It was just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. And speaking of which, uh, you know, one view I did hear about it was something like this... Um, or, you know, the Bertuzzi incident or, you know, Don Brashear, that kind of thing. Um, these are all incidents where if you did them in public, you would go to jail. <laughs> yeah. And this is going to amount to a slap on the wrist. So that's honestly what it's going to be. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Brooks Orpik ended up missing more time than Sean Thornton. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just give a little shout-out to a guy I'm a fan of, Seth Rorabaugh, uh, who does the Empty Netters blog for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Uh, he referenced the Todd Bertuzzi-Steve Moore incident, and if you don't know what that is, just go to YouTube and type in Steve Moore. Uh, there's plenty of videos on it. Uh, what happened was <clears throat> Moore hit Marcus Naslin, who was the Canucks captain at the time, and uh, in a later game... Uh, Bertuzzi uh, challenged Moore to a fight, which he declined, and at which point he tricked him and punched him in the back of the head, uh, broke his, I don't remember what it was, couple vertebrae in his neck, uh, ended his career. But anyways, uh, Seth Rohrbaugh referenced that, um, calling it frontier justice, which it basically is players thinking they need to police, you know, this play themselves. And uh, there was the lockout, so it's hard to know how long he would have been suspended, really. But he was suspended until the end of the year, 
And then when play resumed after the lockout, Bertuzzi was able to come back and play again. He's still playing now, right? Yes, I believe he is. Um, yeah, that's something I think should have been a full year suspension. Ended up being like 30 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Thornton, you know, I think it should be more, but it'll probably end up being something like 20 games. Uh, you know, if we had Brendan Shanahan here talking to him, he would say the role changes they have made, um, you know, have made the game better. And, you know, if this was prior to Saturday night, he would have said something like the Steve Moore incident would never happen again. Mm. Yet here we are. You can put certain rules in place, but if you don't stop the so-called frontier justice, it's just going to keep happening. And to me, what made it worse is it was a clean hit. Yeah. There was no reason to fight. There's no... Completely legal. Brooks Orpik did nothing wrong other than his job, what he gets paid for, (laughs) and he got injured. Yeah. Uh, you brought up something interesting about how you think it's going to be 20 games and that Orpic is probably going to be out longer than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking the other day that what if the suspension was 20 games or an equal amount of time? Like, like say Orpic is out for the rest of the season, then Sean Thornton is suspended for the rest of the season. But if Orpic comes back before 20 games, then Sean Thornton gets only 20 games. You know what I'm saying? Like, kind of, if you injure a man and obviously intend to injure that guy, you should be out for as long as he is out. I do like that. Um, You know, like I touched on earlier, Sean Thornton said the intent wasn't there. But it obviously was. Pretty obvious. Um yeah, I don't know. It's I. I feel like the NHL is going to screw it up because what he did. I th- you know what can you do? Yeah. that's going to make it you know fair, so to speak. Any anything less than twenty games is a screw up, I would think. Yes. Um, I mean twenty games, like you said, might not be enough, but anything less than that is basically it. Kind of puts this whole player safety thing, you know on its head because you have to have stiffer if you want this kind of thing out of the game and I think most people do yes. uh, you gotta have stiffer penalties and you got to uh, enforce penalties and rules uh, when when you see them broken so. yeah. yeah and as we're recording this uh, the uh, disciplinary hearing has not happened yet it'll be Friday December 14th Oh, it's an in-person interview, which means there'll be at least a six-game suspension. Yeah. Which, you know, I think we're both of the opinion should be longer. Um, really, one thing this is going to bring up for debate once again is fighting. You know, does fighting belong in any sort of sport? Um, I mean, really, I don't know. It's just going to be hard to get past some of those purists. But if you outlaw fighting and just make any sort of punch... A suspension, mm-hmm. you know, you're really cutting out a lot of dirty play. I guess I don't know where I stand on fighting. Like, I don't really care that it exists, and I don't really think I'd care if it was gone. But I'm just wondering if, if you take it out, 
would you see more cheap shots? You know what I mean? Like, you can't fight a guy anymore, so would you see more questionable hits? I don't think so. Because... Uh, all right, try and use an example. Say Pittsburgh is playing Toronto. Uh, I don't know, give me like a third liner or something on Toronto. They have Dion Phaneuf, right? Okay. He plays on the edge sometimes. All right, so say Dion Phaneuf um, checks Crosby. Nothing dirty, just a clean, hard hit at Crosby. Uh, Dion Phaneuf and Sidney Crosby might draw a little bit, but then what happens? Derek Engelin and Cornor fight. Yeah. How does that solve anything? It makes no sense. Two guys that were not involved in it. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm not actually saying I want to outlaw fighting. That'd be... Uh, that'd just be a crazy rule change. I mean, that really... Yeah. But at the same time, what does it call? It doesn't... Yeah, not not a whole lot. Unless... Actually, in the Boston game, um, Engelin fought Lucic. Mm-hmm. And... And that's a good scenario because, you know, England's got to go for the bo- to the box um, for five minutes. I guess in that situation, you know, we were down a defenseman already because Orpik was out, but he also got Lucic off the ice for five minutes too. So if you can, if you can, you know, bait a good player into fighting. Yeah, those were the only times I was really a big fan of George LaRock. Because he would fight Zidane Chara at times, yeah, and that is great. Like <laughs> trade a fourth liner for a team's top defenseman in the box for five minutes. Yeah, I'd take that every time. <sighs> some more, some more stuff about this Boston game though is that uh, the Pens were leading this game mm-hmm. until the last, the final minute. It was it was two to one until the final minute, and then the Bruins scored twice in the final minute. Yeah, that was, you know, a rough game to lose your third um, of your top four defensemen. Only Latang <laughs> is left. Uh, yeah. And then on top of that, just to lose it in that way, it's a pretty tough night for him. Yeah. And uh, since we talked about one suspendable offense, we should probably talk about the other one. Uh, James Neal got suspended for kneeing Brad Marchand in the head. Yeah, five games. Uh, yeah, one of those games already served on Monday. And uh, so Marchand gets tied up with Crosby, uh, ends up on the ice. Neil's skating out of the zone. And you can kind of tell he doesn't really alter his path, but he does kind of extend um, his left left knee out and catches him with his knee or his, his uh his shin yeah. in, I mean, in the head. The big thing for me is we just uh, looked at this because I never really got a uh, clear shot of it, but there was time to avoid contact yeah. or try to. Yeah. And Neil made you know, no intention of trying to miss uh, Brad Marchand. Yeah. Um, you know, really, I would like to say this is going to develop into a good rivalry, but they're done now. Uh, Pittsburgh will not play Boston again unless they meet in the playoffs. That's true, yeah. So that's one way to cool down a rivalry. Uh, I don't know. That's one way to, like, build some pent-up. It could. Cause you know, like, we'll have to see what happens. But. A few years ago, um, Orpik 
put a hit on Eric Cole when he was uh, in Carolina, and it uh, ended his season. And then and Brooks Horpik was booed by the fans for a couple seasons. It was after. a while, yeah. yeah. And um, there was definitely some pent up anger the next time those two teams met. So I don't know though. I haven't. I don't even know. If, you know, they might not even meet this year in the playoffs. It might it might not be till next season. So. Mm-hmm. And going back to Brad Marchand, um, oh, you know, of course. James Neal was not going to admit to anything, but uh, he was boarded in the playoffs by Marchand, so, you know, I could see why there would be some intent there. Yeah. Um, Neal kind of does... Neal has an edge to his game. Yeah, he does. That sometimes is questionable. Um I mean, there there was obviously some personal history between him and, and Marchand, but even other times he'll, you know, he's been called for, you know, boarding before, I think. He's, mm-hmm. he's had some kind of, you know, questionable, if not outright dirty hits. But, uh, I mean, it really is kind of a disservice to the team, you know. One of the really best in sniper the Boston winners. game, I mean, Boston was the team that looked dirty. And then yeah. Claude Julien in his press conference was blaming both teams saying as a result of, you know, both players. Um, really, if it were me, I would at least find Claude Julien because um, each time Orpik went on the ice, um, he sent Thornton out. Mm. So he had Thornton headhunting. Yeah. Do you think that goes on? I know in, in the NFL a few seasons ago they had, um, I think it was the Saints that offered bounties. Mm-hmm. Do you think that happens in the NHL? Do you think? Do you think it's like you know, not just go after this guy, but you know, try and take him out? I'm not really sure why else he would have repeatedly sent Thornton out. Yeah. It's the same with uh, going back to the. Steve Moore, Todd Bertuzzi incident. Uh, Mark Crawford, you know, obviously sent Bertuzzi out to go after Moore. Right. Um, the game was out of hand at this point. Uh, Colorado won, actually eight to two. So once the score got to that, you know, things just got a little crazy. Um, and really, in my opinion, Todd Bertuzzi and Mark Crawford both should not be in the league. Mm. Should never have been allowed back in. But here they are. Yeah. Um. Oh, I I don't know if we mentioned it. Uh, or Orpix status. Obviously, he's on the IR. Mm-hmm. Um, concussion. And um, he's indefinite time frame. There's no time frame for him to come back. Uh. So he's gonna be out for a while. Yeah. As any Pens fan know, concussions can take a while to uh, to come back from. Um, on a lighter note, the defense has still looked all right. Uh, they have a tough couple weeks coming up, so they'll be tested to see how they do. Um, as I mentioned, three of the top four are injured right now with uh, Scuderi, Orpik, and Martin. Um, so now you have Latang, uh, Mata, Engeland, uh, Niskanen, who else? Dupre and Bortuzzo. Mm-hmm. And uh, really given 
you know, Bortuzzo, he didn't really play bad, but he still ended up losing yeah. his spot in the top six. So it gives him a chance to play. You know, it's a tough lineup to crack. I don't know yeah. if he can really move up the depth chart at all. But this also gives uh, Dupre um, an opportunity to play in the NHL again, which is good. Yeah, he looks really they've, good. Yeah, they've really been working on his development. So Yeah, he's, he's definitely... Uh, definitely improved from last season, and he really wasn't that bad last season. Um, Penza also called up uh, Brian Dumoulin uh, just to kind of be their uh, seventh defenseman, you know, scratch just in case. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bowsma always likes to have a seventh defenseman with him, so. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, so on Friday, uh, the Pens will be playing New Jersey at home, and then Saturday. They will be playing Detroit in Detroit, and um, in that matchup, I mean, you're probably going to see Zet Jeff Zakoff at some point. Mm-hmm. I imagine he'd be playing against New Jersey. This is the first time. Is this the first time the Pens have seen Detroit this season? It is. Yeah. So I, I would I would probably say Zakoff on Friday, Flurry on Saturday. Yeah. yeah, and the New Jersey game is at home, so be a better environment for Zach Goff. Yeah. All right, next week uh, they've got games with the Toronto Maple Leafs, the New York Rangers, the Minnesota Wild, and the Calgary Flames. Yeah, it's a pretty tough week, actually, coming up. you got Toronto, which is a very uh, offensive team. Uh, New York then, two days later, very defensive-minded. Then the next night, actually, is Minnesota. So, really kind of a good barometer to see where the team stands. Playing some good teams. And, and Minnesota in the past has been <clears throat> kind of known for their defensive system as well. So mm-hmm. kind of a stingy team, or at least it uh, used to be. Yeah. Yeah, now they have Mike Yo as head coach. Yeah. I don't really know how defensive-minded he is. But. Former uh, former Penguins assistant coach. And then uh, the Calgary Flames on Saturday, um, they're bad. I think they're maybe Actually, overperforming. Overperforming. Yeah, they are. Um Going into the season, people were saying, like, this could be it. Like, this could be <laughs> a historically bad team. Like, maybe a team that wins 10 games all year, which, of course, um, Calgary has, you know, not been that bad at all. But Yeah. Not not good, but certainly still not. Still better than not basement know, teams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, and uh, another... Big topic that we'll probably see more light eventually is the uh, concussion lawsuits against the NHL. Um, this was filed back in November, um, the week of, week of Thanksgiving or something, and um, it's about concussions and uh, it, it alleges that the NHL kept information uh, from players. Um, said the suit filed criticized the NHL for active and purposeful concealment of the severe risks of brain injuries and that the NHL caused or contributed to the injuries and increased risks to the plaintiffs through its acts and omissions, from everything to ignoring the risks of concussions to refusing to amend rules to f- and failing to ban fighting. Which, <clears throat> I'm not sure how much I agree with that scene. There is some kind of big cover-up with the NHL. 
But the reason this pick up picked up speed was the NFLPA. I don't even know if it was the NFLPA now, just former players. Yeah, I don't know. But fought, following a class action lawsuit, and they won. You know, it had to be former players because they, it couldn't be current players. Okay. Same same thing with this. They're former NHL players, okay. so they're not part of the NHLPA. Okay, so if the former NFL players won a lawsuit, and, <clears throat> you know, the health risks are there, they're serious. Uh, Tony Dorsett... Um, you know, local guy from Western Pennsylvania. Uh, he has admitted to having uh, short-term term memory loss. Um, as for concealment, though, yeah, you know, I'm not sure about that. And then going to the NHL side, uh, you know, we talk about Keith Primo a lot, uh, former Philadelphia Flyer, uh, who actually cannot work out anytime he exerts himself by any means. Really, he starts to have headaches, dizziness. Yeah, just concussion symptoms. Yeah, I I don't buy that there was uh, any kind of concealment or deception from the NHL. I mean, mm-hmm. in the last, and this, I mean, these players kind of span back to the late '80s. In the last thirty years, there's been some, you know, definite steps taken in the uh, in the field of like understanding brain injuries. So people just probably didn't really know back then. I don't think anyone is saying go out and play hurt or go out and play with a concussion, but I think it's just there's a better understanding of it now than there used to be. And I'll just throw this out here. Um, How much is it the league's responsibility to some of it have to fall on teams and players? Because if you think, um, if we're just talking about rules, you know, Helmets are now mandatory. Yeah. And they had to be mandated because people were not wearing them. You know, not all players in the league had them. In fact, they were grandfathered in, actually. They weren't even... It was mandated for, like, new players. Mm -hmm. But still, there was, you know, a good number that didn't wear helmets. Mm Mm-hmm. I think... Really, it comes down to, like... Like, the team doctor, almost. Like people have to be evaluated and you know the team physicians and and the coach you know everyone's got a a part in it you know still it's a game where you know you're gonna take hits to the head yeah uh we saw just last month chris connor took a puck to the helmet and dented it yeah put a dent in it (laughs) um i think at some point an individual has to say hey it's probably a good idea to wear a helmet well, yeah, I mean, and that's why they have to put that language in, in the lawsuit about uh, concealment and uh, purposeful concealment, because otherwise, like, yeah, everyone knows there's a risk. Mm-hmm. There's a risk of concussion, there's a risk of broken bone, there's a risk of being cut by the skate, we've seen that before, too. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, it's a risky game, but I don't think that the NHL lied to anyone I don't know in I don't know I just think players make a lot of decisions uh, if you look at Richard Zednick um, who was cut in the jugular actually by a skate um, after coming back he does wear a protector on his neck um, 
it might be hard to see the players that do wear it because it doesn't come up real far, but it does offer a little bit of protection. Yeah, it's like a collar. Um, yeah. And still, that's a player's decision whether they wear that or not. Yeah. And uh, Richard Zednick, of course, wears it now, but yeah, I, I don't even know if anyone on the Penguins wears one. I don't think so. Then there's also, um, if you look at uh, Fleury's goalie helmet, there's an extra piece that hangs down that's a throw protector. And um, a few seasons back, uh, back when Jocelyn Tebow was on the team, he actually was scheduled to start a game, but in the, pre- in the pregame warm-up took a puck to the throat because he didn't wear one of those throat protectors, so he had to, he did not start that game because he had to deal with his, his puck to the throat. And then I think he came back and did have the protector on, or maybe he didn't. But that's, to a certain extent, you know, players can choose their own equipment. You know, mm-hmm. some, some players have a covering pad that goes over their skate if they if they block a lot of shots to protect their feet. Mm-hmm. And there's also Kevlar socks mm-hmm. um, to prevent cuts. Um, going back to the Jocelyn Tebow thing, though, uh, back then Jocelyn Tebow was the starter in Pittsburgh. So even mm-hmm. some of that could fall on the team. Um, yeah. You know, like... I don't think a throat protector gets in the way very much because it's just on a rope, so it can move around. Yeah. You don't have to worry about getting stiff. But due to that freak incident, they lost their starting goaltender. Yeah. Their backup had to play that game, who was not scheduled to start because of this. Yeah, and to bring this back to the lawsuit, though, I mean, I don't think anyone... In the in the era where they didn't wear helmets, what were you gonna have them do? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, even back in the day, people didn't wear goalie masks, right? You know, and then that happened. People people got hit in the face a lot. Yeah. And they decided yeah, and to that, cover their face. Yeah, that's how the goalie mask started. It was because yeah. of injuries. No one, no one uh, kept the fact that you're gonna get cut or broken bones if you get hit in the face with a puck. That's just, I mean, to an extent, that's common sense, mm-hmm. you know, and and so is I would think, you know, getting hit in the head is going to give you a concussion. Yeah, people it should know that. Won't get into it too much because it's kind of a long story, but actually, the origin of the goalie mask is pretty interesting because it came about because of all the injuries. Yeah. Yeah, it was a Jacques Plant. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, first guy wore one. Yeah. I don't know. I don't... But, I mean, I... You know, we've kind of talked in favor of the NHL for a few minutes here, but I still can see them losing this just because of what happened with the NFL. Um, I kind of want to look and see now. I assume the wording was probably close to the same where there was concealment. Um, but... Really, when it comes down to it, you have injured players, so they yeah. probably will get some money. Probably, I don't. I don't buy it though. I don't. I really tend not to buy massive cover-ups. You know. Yeah, not a conspiracy theory guy. Yeah, so I just don't. I just don't see it. I don't know. Maybe they can get some money, but good luck to them, I guess. Um, I think that might be all we have this week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, see you next time. See you.